You're listening to What If We Loved Podcast, a show about building up the church through love, sonship, and healing. Here are your hosts and founders of Love Inside Out Ministries, Bruce and Shay Mason. Welcome to episode 10 of the What If We Loved Podcast. And we have the whole crew back together here. Yeah. Got Shay and Janie and hey. Lisa. How are you guys? Great. How are you? Good. Doing great. And you're Bruce. <laughs> Did I not say who I was? <laughs> no, but I think people know by now. All right. Well, we're, it's been a little while since we've uh, recorded, but we're, we're back and we're looking forward to doing a three-part series now that's on three subjects that are actually really closely related to one another, and that's shame, fear, and control. So let me give a little background on shame, fear, and control. There is a ministry called Restoring the Foundations that does a lot of fantastic teaching on this subject. But basically how it flows is this. We um, experience a, a, a trauma, a hurt, an embarrassing circumstance in our life, uh, something, something difficult. And it's very easy to begin to take on ourselves blame for those things, even when they might not have been caused by us. And we can feel really ashamed when somebody has hurt us, when we have uh, done something. I'll just give you a perfect example of a shame for me. When I was in sixth grade, uh, one of the girls in class decided she was going to do, this is, this is pretty oh, sad, do one sense. of these, call all the guys and have the guys rank the girls on how much they like them. Wait. Okay. What? They call the girls and say, I like you this much. No, so the girl would call, <laughs> the girl called all the guys in the class okay. and had a little chart or something and asked the guys to rank all the girls by how oh, much they no. like them. And me like being a, a naive kid, oh, you did it. I oh. did it. And I didn't really, I, I, you know, I was pretty uninterested in girls at that point. I just hadn't really gotten there. See, this is why middle school is so <laughs> traumatic. It's awful. <laughs> so I, uh, so I, I went through and I think I ranked like all, I mean, I'm just thinking very literally, like, yeah. I don't have an interest in a girl. Right? <laughs> and so I'm like, she's really good at dodgeball. Right? <laughs> I would pick her on my team. I, would, I don't like sitting behind right. her. Yeah. <laughs> so I ranked all the girls like zero or one. And then, yeah, I did. Oh, no. And then, and then, um, except for the girl who, who, who was my neck locker partner, who was really nice. And so I gave her an a little higher. <laughs> and of course this went out then to the whole class oh. and my other friends decided not to do it. They were very smart. They, they, they didn't take the bait. And so I was mortified and I felt so much shame because of what I did. Cause I didn't mean to make these girls think that I didn't like them. It wasn't, that wasn't my intention. It wasn't anything that, I don't know. I just felt really ashamed. And I ended up calling back and saying, okay, I want to change my rating. <laughs> but you know, it's too late. You know, the damage was done. But that was actually a pretty traumatic moment for me. And I felt really, really ashamed. And then I became afraid that nobody liked me. You know, that I'd done something so bad that now, now there was something wrong with me that I could even do, I could even rank people like that. And then I was afraid that people wouldn't like me anymore. Mm. And so then I withdrew. I started to control my circumstances and I really withdrew from being in a relationship and actually ended up changing schools the following year. Oh. You know, it wasn't in just entirely because of that, that circumstance, but that played a significant role in it. 
And that is how shame, fear, and control can play an impact in our lives. Now, that's kind of a silly thing, but we can have more significant things happen to us. We could experience abuse as a, as a child, and it wouldn't be our fault. But oftentimes, abuse survivors talk about how they felt such incredible shame that if I had done something differently, then this wouldn't have happened. Well, there or, must be something wrong with me because this happened. And that's one of the really nasty things about shame. And this is why it can be so powerful as a weapon against other people as well, is that shame attacks identity. So when you feel ashamed, you're essentially saying there's something wrong with me. You know, as Shay just said, I've, it's my fault. I've done something wrong. And so that's why you see so much in the world right now. I, I would argue that one of the big tools, and maybe it's always been this way, but one of the big um, tools to hurt other people and control other people has been through shame. Mm. And we could probably think of a number of, of examples. But let's just think about, for example, vaccination status or masks. It doesn't really matter what side of the position you are. Because right. we know people who have, and maybe you guys have felt it too, that if you haven't, you know, that if you wear a mask, then people who don't want to wear masks see you as, you know, caving in or somehow. Mm. Or a sheep. Or, or, or a sheep, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> or on the other side, if you don't wear masks, then people on the mass side think that, you know, you are harming everybody else, that there's something wrong with the way you're thinking about all this. Mm. And when we can take any issue like yeah. that and we start using it as a wedge or a cudgel against one another. I mean, I, I even heard about a circumstance in a school where there were parents outside who were so angry over this issue that they were yelling at the young children coming into school. Oh, really? Like oh. literally yelling at first graders about wow. wearing masks. Yeah. And... I mean, can you imagine you're a seven-year-old and you have no ability to understand why these adults are yelling at you for whether mm. you're wearing a mask or not. You're just probably doing what your parents told you to do. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, what did I do? Well, I think my fear and control is like a cycle because those people have already reached the fear and they're trying to control by shaming. <laughs> so exactly. Like it is cycling. a cycle. Yeah. It is absolutely a cycle. And I think a lot of us can probably identify places in our lives where mm -hmm. we have stepped into that cycle. I know I, I have a number of places myself, but you know, maybe, maybe you're hearing this and you're going, okay, this makes some sense on a, you know, maybe a psychological level, but is it biblical? Yeah. And it, really to think about it biblically, we've got to go all the way back to the garden. And if we go back into Genesis chapter two, it'd been helpful if I had this open already. But at least it's the beginning of the book, so it makes it <laughs> Not easier. Not too hard right? to find. <laughs> Not too hard. But it um, after the creation, this is Genesis chapter 2, at, you know, God creates everything, creates Adam and Eve. Uh, and then it says this in verse 25. It says, Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So there was this state that Adam and Eve were in where they were you know, naked in a sense. They were completely exposed to one another and exposed to God. And yet that was okay. Yeah. There, there was nothing that was standing in the way or they weren't looking at themselves in any particular way other than in the, at that moment, they were created by someone who loved them. They were seen, they were known, there was no need to hide anything. And they didn't have to worry about right and wrong even. They were just 
like we're doing what God said and that's all we need to do. They didn't even know that there was a right or wrong at that point. It just was, this is our existence. And they were living in perfect union, love and intimacy. And freedom. Their heavenly father, which was total freedom. So they had total freedom. That's, that's exactly right. Now what happened though in the fall, and we don't have enough time to really give this a good work through here because it's an amazing, uh, amazing passage really. But Adam and Eve eat from, they're, they're tempted and they eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it says that their eyes that are opened. And what eyes were opened there? I mean, they could see before, mm-hmm. right? And they lived in love completely before this. So some, some eyes were opened. And if some eyes were opened, then perhaps some eyes were closed as well. But we know that the result of that and maybe we'll do other podcast on, on the eyes of the heart, but the net result of what happens, and that's really the eyes of their mind open and the eyes of their heart close, is that all of a sudden they see themselves as naked. That suddenly into their reality, into their mind comes this idea that something is wrong and something's wrong with them. And they see that they're naked and immediately they hide when they hear God coming into the garden. So suddenly they're experiencing the shame that they didn't have before they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When you think of their minds being put into a place of turmoil, whereas before they lived from their hearts and it was peaceful, suddenly their minds are trying to decide what is right, what is wrong, and they can't make sense of it. So this whole idea of there being a problem and being a problem with them is brand new to them. And yet it's written into the whole human race after this point. So Adam and Eve is at risk of jumping ahead here. Adam and Eve, what do they do? They hide, they put, they tried to make clothes out of fig leaves. Not really the most effective way to clothe yourself. Kind of prickly. Kind of prickly. Yeah, not so comfortable. And, (laughs) and then they move into a place where actually they start blaming God and blaming, well, well, Adam blames God and he blames Eve. And then Eve blames the serpent for the actions that they took in eating from, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. So shame enters the human condition. It enters the human DNA. Mm-hmm. And there's only one answer to that. Because God, I'm sure God was heartbroken at this point. Clearly he's heartbroken at this point. That suddenly now... Um, Adam and Eve, the human race, knows something other than just his love. And so he puts in, into place a plan in order to fix the whole problem. Um, and yet Satan said, you know what? Now I've got something I can use against the human race. And he uses it well, doesn't he? You can see pretty clearly how Satan uses shame today. Even this is just... As an aside, even the phrase that we hear very commonly today, uh, do better, is actually a shame statement. It's not that we can't all do better at things. So we need to acknowledge, of course, you know, I can, I could certainly love better. Yeah, I can do better isn't a shame statement telling someone else do better. better. (laughs) That's where the shame comes in. Um, And anytime you see shame being used against another person, anytime people are being um, caused to experience or feel shame, you know that's not coming from 
God is a source. Because right. well, shame no. creates division and exclusion. Yeah. So if you're telling someone, do better, and it shames them, mm. you're not drawing them in. You're pushing them away. Yeah, right. that's a very good point. And I love this quote from Brene Brown and what she says about shame. Shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Mm. And I think that's exactly it. That's, that is exactly what came into humankind Mm -hmm. at the fall, Mm -hmm. that suddenly it was that feeling of, I'm not worthy of God's love. I'm not worthy of human love. Mm -hmm. I don't belong. Yeah. And when that happens to us, when we believe that about ourselves, we do naturally start to pull away from community and the mm-hmm. things that actually feed us. And you, you see this all over with, with people who have just fragmented identity. They don't know who they are. They don't know their purpose. They don't know that they really are loved mm-hmm. or that they can be loved. And it's heartbreaking. And you see that even within the church, Christians who don't know that they're loved. Yeah, it's, it's such a tragedy really because the reality is that christians are sons and daughters we're sons and daughters Mm -hmm. of a really loving father and he doesn't see us as anything other than his beloved children and he doesn't desire us to experience shame and even even and i wrestled with this for a little while and that okay well when i sin and you know i do i'm sure that we all do from time to time (laughs) maybe more than time to time but but i always you know, I was wrestling with God about this. I said, well, aren't we supposed to feel ashamed when, you know, if we do something wrong, what is that? Isn't that the right response? I'm just really ashamed that I did that thing. And he, he, he spoke very clearly and he said, no, 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 it's not, it's not that Christian, it's not, not at all about shame and feeling ashamed. It's really more about when you sin as a Christian and when you recognize that you've done it, do you feel remorse? Yeah. You do feel sorrow for the sin. And who do you go to? Do you go to the father? Like you just exactly. say, how different it would have yeah. been if Adam and Eve just said, God, this is what happened. What Help. do I do? <laughs> Help. Like that would have just been how we could do it today. Exactly. You know, where if we do something wrong, just go to him. And that's how you stay free of shame. It's really just knowing your identity, going to him. Right. Knowing that yeah. if you go to him, you'll receive unconditional love, forgiveness, but yet how often do we hide? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, he already knows what we've mm-hmm. done, but yet we feel the need to hide it, just like Adam and Eve hid. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is, how you know, how much do we really believe that, that if we come to God with our sin, mm-hmm. with the mistakes that we've made, that he actually loves us and will forgive us? And that's the thing that that it's very hard sometimes because uh, particularly in legalistic environments in the church where we're so wrapped up in our behavior and then doing it right or doing it wrong, that there's a lot of pressure. And so when we do mess up, which we all do, then we feel ashamed. And so even within the culture of the church, there can be this atmosphere of, of shame. Maybe it's not intentional. I don't know, but it does happen. I think that probably what we would want to say to you who are listening, and we're saying this not, we're saying this because it's it's what we've experienced ourselves, and that there's a freedom. 
that we can have in Jesus and as being sons and daughters, a freedom that says that we never need to feel ashamed for who we are, for what we do, even though we're not perfect. So an acknowledgement that we're not perfect and we're not going to be perfect, but even though we aren't perfect, we're still loved. Mm -hmm. And that we have someone that we can come to and who will forgive us because he loves us more than we can ever even possibly comprehend or imagine. And so that really is good news. So we have incredibly good news in Jesus and in the Father and the Holy Spirit that we can be free from shame, that shame is not our home, that our home is in love, our home is in God's heart, and that because of that, boy, oh boy, what can we radiate to the world as well? Like if we Christians are walking unashamed, not arrogantly, but walking unashamed, knowing that we're loved, people are going to say, whoa that's attractive. Of course, the flip side of that, and then we're going to wrap up in a minute, is that we need to be really, really careful in how we interact with people and how we love people. But are we speaking to them words of shame or condemnation? Because it says in the beginning of Romans 8, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, that we have been set free. And our words can cause a lot of hurt and pain with people. There's things that I've said that I wish I hadn't said in the past. I'm sure you all feel the same way. But Jesus loves us, and that's the most important thing. We are loved. We are his children. And he said about a plan of redemption. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's grace. Yeah, I mean, right from that moment in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned, God had a plan. And it was a beautiful plan. So now we live and we, we live in, the, in the, the light of that plan and we're also the fruit of that plan. <laughs> so let's pray uh, about all this. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person who is listening to this podcast. And I thank you that you are loving them right now. And Father, I also pray that you will speak directly into all of our hearts about any places where we have been walking in shame. Whether there's things that have happened in our life in the past or things that maybe have happened more recently that we have never been able to escape the pain of where we felt ashamed, where there's been a voice inside of our head that said, you blew it and there's something wrong with you. God, we pray for the light of your revelation and your love to come deep into those places of hurt and trauma and that you will bring such an incredible freedom and healing to those places that Nobody, that none of us will have to walk or live in the lie of shame. So we pray a blessing on you. We pray a blessing that you will see who you really are in Jesus. 
that you will know that you are loved and that your heavenly father is quick to forgive. So we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So that's it for this episode, episode 10. We'll see you for episode 11, where we're going to talk about the second part of this cycle, and that is fear. So till then, God bless. To learn more about the ministry, go to loveinsideout.org. If you liked this episode, please consider donating at loveinsideout.org forward slash donate. Thank you so much for listening and have a blessed week. Thank you.